Welcome to Beyond the Parent, a podcast for Christians seeking clarity for parenting in a confusing world. I'm Chuck Mead. Hey, I'm Jeremy Autry. It's been a while, guys. It's been like three years. That's what it feels like. Welcome to the first episode of 2024. Um, Jeremy and I have had a lot of rest and relaxation. No? I don't wouldn't call it that. Yeah, sure. Um, I've got a newborn at home now. So rest doesn't happen anymore. Nope. I don't know what it that feels like. Um, Katie even more so than me. So that's okay. So we're uh, in that stage. We also have got Wyatt adjusting to life with a little sibling. What's new in your family's life? Um, you know, my, my oldest son's back at school. He was home for the holidays. That's pretty great. Nothing new. You know, my kids are just increasingly amazing and Getting older and maturing day by day. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like mm-hmm. it or not, that's exactly what's happening. So, you know, um, Owen's driving. You guys after nines, I yep. think, since the last time we, uh, for those of you who don't know what that means, it means uh, for the first six months, a kid has their driver's license now in North Carolina, they can drive, but not after nine o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So it's a big deal when they get there after nines. It is. Oh, the new children's building too, oh, yeah. Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a new children's building at Central Baptist Church. Yep. So that's uh, taken some focus and, mm-hmm. and attention, you know, but yeah, getting everything set up. Yeah. We yep. got some good things in store and we're really kind of got a good um, idea of the direction we want to head um, over the next few months with our episodes. We will be moving to them coming out every other week, and that's just going to help us to give you the best quality episodes and all of our attention on yeah, them. Right, Jeremy? That's a good way. That's a that good is. spin for it. Yep. So every other week, join in, um, tune in on these. And is that bi-weekly? Yes. Uh-huh. So there's some months there'll be three when there's like six or whatever, five or six Wednesdays. Oh, but if there's a month with only three Wednesdays, there'll just be one, maybe. I don't think that happens any I time. think that's impossible. That's okay. So, yeah. Mathematically. So, today's episode, we're going to be talking about what is successful parenting. When we look at what our goals are, what the target is, we want to be successful parents. I believe the majority of parents at least desire to be successful. They want to be better and excel in their parenting. Yeah. Uh, and if we're honest with ourselves, we realize a couple of things. We just got the one shot. You know what I mean? Like it creeps up so fast. We only have this one window of opportunity. We're a parent for the the rest of our lives, you know, once we have kids. But the intense time of parenting is that window from birth to 18-ish, mm-hmm. 21-ish, whatever the age is that your kid um, steps into adulthood. And you're still parenting after that, but it's different. And around those early years of adulthood in your kid's life is when you start looking back on your journey mm-hmm. as a parent and try to say, was this successful? How did I do? You know, uh, yeah. we definitely don't want to put the thought out there that it ends then. Your opportunity for influence just changes. Right. So, and then also, if we're honest, there's some things we say, this is what I think uh, successful parenting is, but then our actual parenting sometimes reveals the truth of what we actually believe in our, you know, subconscious is successful parenting. So, I guess a good goal in this 
this episode is let's define it and then let's be honest about mm-hmm. what it takes to accomplish it. And so what we're really basing this and future episodes from is some research uh, that Lifeway did a few years back and they kind of recorded this um, research and the results from it in a book called Nothing Less engaging kids in a lifetime of faith and uh, by uh, Jaina Magruder. And this book was is targeted for parents and children's ministry leaders, church leaders, with a focus of spiritually developing children. And so, so Jeremy, if you could kind of summarize what this research was. Well, well, first of all, that means this episode is brought to you by Lifeway Publishing in the book Nothing Less. Should be. But it's not. And if they want to send us a check, we'll take it. Mm-hmm. Um, not long after I got here and this book came out and Jeremy got it. And I remember us talking about it even back then, um, Jeremy, because this was at the forefront and is at the forefront of your mind being a children's minister. For me, it still applies to the way we handle our ministries at the church. But now as a parent, this is something that I'm thinking more and more about as far as what our goal, what our target is, what do we desire for our kids? What makes our parenting successful? What's the point? Yeah, so this book begins with identifying what successful parenting is, Mm -hmm. and then they interviewed, they surveyed surveyed a large number of parents. What was it like? It was 2,930. Oh, so Mm 3,000-ish parents. Not just Christians, just parents in general. And parents whose kids are now adults, Mm -hmm. and they found out about the spiritual life of these adult children, and then they asked the parents about how they parented. And then they culled that information and came up with some influencers. Once we define successful parenting, Mm -hmm. here's things that if you do this in your parenting, you're more likely or less likely to accomplish what you defined as successful parenting. Right. So they, in this survey, were able to discover, okay, hey, for those of you whose kids are regularly attending church where God has a significant role in your adult children's life, what things did you do or what things did you not do that are more likely contributing factors to your kids being followers of Jesus, serving him, serving the church. Um, And so that's what this whole book was about. But before we get into all the research, the results, and what were some of the most common things, we need to start off by defining what successful parenting is. Let me, um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Let me also say we understand, Chuck and I aren't idiots, we understand that uh, data like this can be skewed and you can make it say whatever you want to say. And sometimes you can read these things and say, yeah, that's because of this. And that uh, you try to read a causal effect into something that's not really a causal effect. And we get all that. But we think it makes a very valuable jumping off point for some discussions. And everything that's brought up in this book, we agree with this is definitely an influence. Or whether or not it really adds up to these percentages, uh, we understand all of that is um, not definitely provable. Right. But there's still, let's take some time and look at these and see you know, what the Bible has to say about them, what we understand to work out practically. I just didn't want you to think we're caught up or in love with the idea of every single study proving things or disproving things. Right. When they surveyed, um, this is American parents, 
and ask them what their primary definition was of successful parenting. I'm just going to walk through this, Jeremy, if you want to interject. Um, the, the top two, they were both at 25%, is successful parenting is my child has good values and my child becomes a happy adult. Um, 22% my child finds success in life. That's their definition. Um, then it goes down 19% my child is a good person. 17% my child graduates from college. Wow. Yeah. 15% my child lives independently. <laughs> That's probably, they probably asked the parents who have the newborn at home. Yes. That's screaming in their life. My child like, lives independently. Yeah. Just them moving out of this house yeah. is going to be good enough. Yes. Get out of my basement. And then 9% say my child is godly or has faith in God. 9%. 9%. Now that's of American parents in general. But when the survey is limited to parents who attend religious services regularly, so those who regard a child's faith as a mark of parenting, that 9% of faith as being the definition of successful parenting only jumps up to 24%. So wrap your head around this. Uh, I don't know what percentage of those almost 3,000 parents were church attenders, whatever that percentage was. Those parents that they surveyed who attend church regularly, so would probably identify as Christian, said the way I would measure success in my kid's life is if they grew up to have faith and be godly. Mm-hmm. Only 24% of them said that. Yeah. That is that really should shock us because we expect the majority of our parent of parents in our society again non Christians yeah they their definition of successful parenting is for their kids to be independent confident secure happy successful be fulfilled and that is society's but we as followers of Jesus as Christians should desire our our goal for parenting should not just be wrapped up in the world's view of success. Exactly. Exactly. We teach the kids in our children's ministry here that they were created to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That means as a human, you being successful is achieving the purpose for your creation. Your creator made you to glorify Him and to enjoy a relationship with Him. Anything that doesn't include that is not success in life. Mm -hmm. So if that's true, then as parents, the only consistent measurement of success is, is my kid, my now adult child, living a life that glorifies God? And do they have a relationship with Him so that they can enjoy Him forever? Anything less... It's just temporary comfort, yeah. but it's not real success. So we have to be constantly, I mean, this is what it means. This is our struggle of followers of Christ, that we are in the world, not of the world, and we're going to be surrounded by the world's values. We can't escape that, but we have to be reminding ourselves not to believe the lies of the world because we have a better hope. We have a better purpose. Um, We have an ultimate purpose in Christ that lasts for all of eternity. And so we have to be on guard against the world's view of success that creeps into our lives. And uh, the world's view of success, if we look at just the things that they've listed in this um, study that people offered as uh, a definition of success, they're empty without God. Um, The top two, uh, my child has good values. 
your kid doesn't have good values if they don't know God mm-hmm. and understand what he said is right or wrong. Yeah. My child becomes a happy adult. Any happiness we have outside of a relationship with God is less than the actual joy and blessedness we can have in a relationship with God. Um, my child finds success in life. Success in life only exists by living out the purpose you were created. Yeah. My child's a good person. <laughs> Jesus himself said nobody's good on their own. You know, uh, my child graduates from college. You can graduate from college and not mm-hmm. know God. But the rest of them are, this is only best defined in a relationship with God anyway. Right. You know, it's like, it's, which this is what the world does. This is what our uh, system of thinking without God does. We try to find these things that are going to be good, and they're only good when they're defined in a relationship mm-hmm. with God. They're only their best. You know, marriage is only its best when it's defined within a relationship with God. You um, having a career and gaining wealth is only at its mm-hmm. best when you uh, when it's defined in a relationship with God. So everything else that we look at is less than. And God deserves the best, and my kids deserve the best. I want the very best for my kid, and the very best for my kid is this relationship mm-hmm. with God. I think everything you're saying is really solidifying the, one of the realities that they gave in another one of these results in that we tend to compartmentalize our Christian life and we and we really just lump it as religion and we don't see its effects for the rest of our entire lives. Because when they surveyed parents and asked them what was their primary influence as parenting, what influenced their parenting decision, um, the number one factor was the way they were raised. Um, and they went through these different factors of like, okay, the way we were raised, that influences the way we parent either positively or or negatively. Only 29% of born-again Christians from this survey stated that their personal faith played the most significant role in their approach to parenting. 29%, and that's of Christians. So, it's obvious there is a temptation for all Christians to keep separate their relationship with God and the way they parent their kids and not seeing that our faith Our belief in Christ, our identity in Christ affects every single part of our lives. It's who we are. This is a whole nother episode probably, but this is a real danger in the way church works now. A lot of us look at it as a box to check off, a thing that I attend because it's the right thing to do. And then after Sunday morning, I go back to living my regular Mm -hmm. life and I, I go to work and I say, those things that I learned here don't apply here. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a different survey that says they interviewed uh, adult adults who have walked away from the church. Mm-hmm. And the number one reason they said that they walked away was because they didn't believe what the church had to teach was worth knowing mm-hmm. because they saw in their parents' lives that it didn't work in the real world. Mm-hmm. And that's baloney. Are we allowed to say that, Chuck? Yeah, I don't we know. can say baloney. Pastor Cameron, mm-hmm. I don't know if he likes the word baloney or not. Let's go for it. I mean, that's silly. You know, the God who created you, a relationship with him, him explaining to you the right way to live life, that's it. Nothing else matters that can't involve that. Yeah, and again, we've, we've talked about this before. There's sometimes this shock and awe when... Um, people leave the church or people leave the faith, especially people who grow up in a, quote, Christian home. 
And when um, we're talking about influencing, what influences parents and that statistic that I just read there, there's a quote by Ed Stetzer that says, when self-identifying Christians are not able to say that faith is a priority for parenting. In other words, I do my parenting and my faith, my Christianity is is a separate thing. I just, I don't let that interfere with the other areas of my life. Then we should not be surprised at the prevalence of church dropouts in the younger generation. In other words, we shouldn't be surprised when kids leave the faith and there's so much shock, we think, just because we went to church on Sunday a couple times a month and we prayed before we ate, that uh, that in, in of itself is enough to yeah. highly influence our kids to to see the reality of our faith or what we claim to yeah. believe. Yeah. So this, I mean, this is it. the The only measure of success in parenting is whether or not we have taught our kids, "Hey, this is who God is." This is how he feels about you. This is what the gospel is. This is why learning about him is important. And that trumps every other measure in life. Yes. And so for that, we, we've got to stop believing the world's definition of success. So um, is it wrong for your kid to go to college? No. I hope not. <laughs> like, I went to college. Yes. Um, is, is, is that not something we should be... Should we not be proud over the fact that if our kids go to college and go there? Yes, that should be something we rejoice in. We we don't need to make that ultimate, though. We don't need to make that the the ultimate pressure that our kids are under. That doesn't need to be the driving factor in all of our conversations and all of our decisions for our kids as they're going through school. So there's good things that we have in our lives and that we emphasize in our parenting but we cannot overlook the most important thing. And so with all the factors that we're going to read, Jeremy, um, I think it's important that we know just because these things are emphasized in your family is not a perfect recipe for your kids. Your kids have a free will. Yes, the the factors how our kids are raised, how we were raised as kids, is a um, significant factor in decisions that we make as adults, as our kids will make as adults. But it's also dependent on their response and reaction to how they were raised. So you, anyone who has multiple kids know you can raise two kids the same exact way, do the same thing, and get two different results. There's no guarantees. So we all met parents who seem to do everything right, but that was not a formula for their yeah. kid to be a robot and do everything that they were supposed to. There's two significant and opposite dangers in parenting. I'm not limited to, but these two. The first is overvaluing your role as a parent. We, they're not robots. We don't have a remote control. I cannot take responsibility for every decision my child makes, especially once they become an adult. At the same time, the other danger is undervaluing our role as parents. Mm-hmm. We do influence who they become as an adult, which is referenced by what you just said, people, uh, how they were parented affects how they parent. Yeah. Um, so there are these generational blessings, generational cursings, uh, curses that it's, this is a real concept and we, got, we have to embrace that. So while we can't guarantee our kid is going to have a relationship with God, know him and love him and live for him. We can't guarantee that. We want to set our kids up to win. Yeah. And so that's what we'll be talking about over the next several months. Here are steps that we can take um, that 
we believe, and this uh, study supports these steps, these, these decisions, these focuses will set your kids up to win. Yeah. So over the next, uh, well, I'll read through these briefly before we close this episode out. And then we're going to spend an episode over the next 10 episodes, really just focusing on each of these categories. Some of these are things we've talked about before, but I think we, I'd love to, my goal in these episodes is to really see practically, okay, how does this, how can I make uh, this spiritual influencer, because this was a contributing factor in so many people's lives. How can I make this a habit in my home, in my family? How can I prioritize this in a different context? How can I prioritize this in my family? And how can people whose kids are different ages start to implement this? And so in uh, the order, um, I will give, um, starting with number one, um, is Bible reading, right? And the the order that these are in is Order of significance. Yes. Uh, so number one is the top influencer in whether or not yes um, your parenting will be successful. So Bible reading, and that's what we've we've talked about this before, and we um, see this already as significant. But what we saw in and what they saw in this research was that um, Bible reading had the most significant impact. So ch- child regularly read their Bible while growing up. Number two. Well, number two is prayer. 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 So the child regularly spent time in prayer while growing up. Yeah, number three, oh, I like this. Number three is serving. Mm. And serving, particularly in this survey, served in the church. Served in your local church yep. as a kid or teen while yes. growing up. Yes. Number four is music. Yeah, this is one. I don't know if we've done an episode. I have a lot of talks about this, but I'm looking forward to when we um, talk about this in episode. The the child listened primarily to Christian music. That was very significant. Number five, mission trips or projects. Yep. The child participated in church mission trips or projects. That was a very positive influencer in their faith as an adult. Number six seems like a difficult one. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, your child's interest level in church. Yeah, so um, this was in the survey was a negative influencer. So this was um, the child did not want to go to church as a teen. And that was a significant factor in um, contributing to their spiritual development because that, or lack thereof. They as didn't want to go as a teen. So once they were adult and didn't have to go, right. they didn't. So whether they went as a teen, were forced, or they you know, just dropped out altogether. We'll talk more about that in that episode. Uh, number eight has, there's two items here. You missed number seven. Oh, I'm sorry. Number seven is influence by, is, I think we missed one here, influenced by others. Yes, you're right. Influenced by others. So this could be by parents or by their best friend. So this, what this one says is the child's best friend was an influence to follow Christ while growing up. And it, this also includes um, the parent's influence in their life as well. I thought that was a whole separate one, Chuck. I thought that was number eight is the parents. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Oh, man. I yeah. got to walk you through all of this. Jeremy is the man. I don't he know if y'all know this. Servant. I'm really the engine behind this whole he thing. He truly I'm is. I'm the organized. No, no, I'm not. You're right. All. I'm sorry, Jeremy. Number seven was influenced by others. So, influenced by others by was, influenced by others was your best friend was uh, a Christian and that there were Christian adults who 
um, were an influence over you when you were a kid or a teen. Yep. So the child was connected with several adults at church who intentionally invested in them, whether that was like their Sunday school teachers, small group leaders, whatever that looked like. So those were the other people influencing them. And then number eight was influenced by parents yes. as its own. So that your parents were a spiritual influence. Yeah. So a lot of this, um, what we see is the parents typically asked forgiveness when they messed up. That's going to be good. And the parents pointed out biblical principles in everyday life. Um, So these were basically their parents living out at home what they were hearing at church. Got it. Mm -hmm. So then we get to number nine, which is where I tried to intro already. There's two different concepts included in number nine. Um, One of them you can control, one of them you can't. Maybe neither one of them should be a focus, but Mm -hmm. in number nine, we see that a child's gender and the number of siblings they have can be a positive or negative influencer on whether or not they grow up to be an adult who glorifies God and enjoys a relationship with Him. Uh, You cannot, despite what the world says, control your child's gender. Right. But it is worth being aware of. Being aware of that, and I'll just say this, and obviously we'll unpack in the future episode, that children who uh, were females were much more likely to be growing in their faith. And you look in the demographic of your typical uh, church youth groups, and it's significantly more often than not, I take more girls than guys than I do to camp. Wow. And so that is very, very common. And why is it that we're seeing a significant lack of interest in church among among teen guys and young adult men and really men in men in general? Yeah. And then also, yeah, if uh, more siblings you have increases your chances for growing in your love for God, then... Chuck is one of 12, so, so the only reason he's following God now is because of that how was many a very significant. And they use the factors of you learned a lot of things about community and um, relationships because there were a lot more relationships in your home that you had to deal with. So, Number 10, I, I hate to read it this low down on the list as a vocational pastor. It's kind of weird to say, but number 10 is... Uh, church attendance. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's important, but look how much further down the list it is than the actual hands-on practice of Christianity, reading your Bible, praying, serving um, in the church, and and um, reaching doing outreach outside of the church. Uh, these things were much more influential to successful parenting than just showing up to church. Yeah. So again, and there's so many other things that are... I believe, Jeremy, when I looked out, like, I would put other influences far above, and you could too. Like, I think that just shows everyone is different and everyone had different factors. But when you survey a large amount of people and there was 10 that stood out more, right? Like, okay, let's focus in and see because we, I want my now four year old son, when in 15 years, when he's 19 going on 20 years old and 10 years later when he's in his 30s I want him to be an adult who loves Jesus who is sold out living for him who loves uh, if he's married loves his wife if he has kids loves his kids and is pointing them to Christ that is we we are parenting with the end in mind we want to see our kids as adults successful defining success as loving the Lord with all our heart their heart soul mind and strength so if that's our goal, we let's look at it's it doesn't hurt at all, but helps us to see, okay, what are some factors that we can begin to implement 
in our homes right now, no matter what age our kids are at. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So we're looking forward to diving into these. Um, we'll start with Bible reading in our next episode. And Jeremy, any thoughts you have? We're going to start with Bible reading in our next episode. We're going to start. So you the, will just read the Bible when the episode starts. Sure, I'm let's do about it. That. It's going to be great. You guys tune in in two weeks to hear Chuck read the Bible. That sounds good. Thanks for listening to Beyond a Parent. Remember, parenting is beyond us, but in Christ, we have all that we need for this journey. Peace out. Peace out.